What do you mean that it's wrong to live a homosexual lifestyle? What do you mean that it's wrong for me to be attracted to the same sex and and to, you know, if I feel like I'm a woman and I'm really a biological man, what's wrong with all this? And why do you say it's my fault? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in the Wilkes-Barre and the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or to pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, then stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can also uh, search for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube and Gab TV. You'll find it there at 9 a.m. every morning uh, as well. You can also check us out at godsresistance.com. That's our central hub. Look for us on social media, Facebook, Gab, and YouTube. Make sure to um, like, turn on notifications, follow, all that good stuff so that you can be updated with any helpful spiritual content that we will put up there. Also. Uh, we want you to, if you want to contact us, then you can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Uh, we are also in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square, weather permitting, every Sunday at 11 a.m. We may be changing to noon uh, at some point soon, but we would love to see you there. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. Today, we're going to be talking about something that perhaps is not so popular um, in our present day, which is sin. And I know I had mentioned right in the beginning here, the sin of homosexuality, the sin of, uh, you know, wanting to be a different gender uh, other than the gender that you were born biologically. And you would think, you may have heard some people say, well, that's a sin. And I know you may think to yourself, well, if that's a sin, um, then uh, I've been told that, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, that it's this way. And then you're being a hater and you're saying these things to me. These are all uh, inflamed rhetoric that we have in our present day. The issue here is, though, that nature tells us uh, that things are a certain way. Nature tells us that man, men are men and, and ladies are ladies. Uh, doctors, when, when babies are born, uh, they don't get confused when when the child is born. They look at the baby and say, this is a, a, a boy and this is a girl. This is how society has been operating for thousands and thousands of years. So why is it that in these present days, things are a little bit different and they're changed? I would submit to you that Romans chapter one helps us to understand a little bit of that uh, as we look at it today. So in Romans chapter one, beginning in verse 18, this is where we start. Um, It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, 
and changing the glory of the corruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even the women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That sounds like a pretty heavy section of scripture, and it's heavy on purpose. God is trying to help us to understand our own human nature, trying to help us understand the sin that we've involved ourselves in and why mankind is the way that we are, and trying to show us our deep need for a Savior, that things have got to be different. And so we read through this, and it's very specific. Now, I'm thankful when a doctor is specific with me when there's something going on. I don't like leaving a doctor's office with problems that I want to have taken care of, and yet everything's very nebulous. I remember going to a doctor at one point, and uh, there was something terribly wrong where I had uh, just uh, about blacked out, and then things started to go twitching in my body, and I thought I was having a seizure, but I was fully awake, and I was thinking, what's going on? Well, I went to the, the emergency room, obviously, because that's not normal. And they went through, ran a bunch of tests, and then the guy came back and said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. And I thought, that's not a good explanation. I'd like to know further what's going on. When I look at the discharge papers, it said near syncope, which means you almost fainted. Uh, Of course, I almost fainted. That's why I came here. Um, We don't like generalized statements like that. We like to hear the specifics. We want to know the specifics. And that's what God is trying to help us to understand. The problem is, when God shows us the specifics, it may cross our life. It may cross the path that we're living right now, and we might not like that. That's totally different from the truth. We're told here that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shooted unto them. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. You would say, that's not the kind of God I want to serve. Well, it doesn't really matter what we may think about the God that we want to serve. God has given us a revelation and it's found inside of the Bible. And our conscience bears witness that the things that are inside that book are real. And sometimes it terrifies us when we, when we think about who we are, what we've done, where we're going to end up, how we're going to have to answer for all this before God. These things are quite bothersome to us. But it's revealed. God's wrath is revealed. God's not just, as most people would say right now, God is love. And what they mean by that is there's no way God would send any of us to hell. It's true. 
The Bible says that God made hell for the devil and for his angels. So that was never his intent that people should go to hell. However, because we have a free will, you and I, God's not going to step on our toes. He's not going to make us or force us to do anything. He'll plead with us. He'll tell us the plight that we're in and he'll try to help us, but he's not going to just step on our toes and make us robots. We have a choice and we can choose the way we want to walk. Unfortunately, because of corruption that has just fallen on all of us since the fall of Adam and Eve, we find it a whole lot easier to go towards the ways of selfishness and sin and degradation. That doesn't, however, give us an excuse to not seek God and to move forward. We all have the capability to seek the face of God. God is forever stretching his arm out and calling unto us to repent. We have the capability to say, Lord, that's me. I want to repent. And we seek God and he aids us and he gives us his grace and draws us to himself all the more. We have that ability to do so. But his wrath is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. God hates sin. It's what's destroyed everything in this world. And it continues to destroy people. So where does that land us? He said the, his biggest problem is that he, his wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, they know better and they're doing it anyways. And you may say, well, I don't know better. The Bible says differently. The Bible says in the beginning of the gospel of John that Jesus lighteth every man that comes into the world. What, the, what does that mean, lighteth every man? It means that God has given every one of us a conscience. Every one of us has an inner light that excuses us if we do well or accuses us if we do evil or wrong. We may not know what God's laws are spelled out, but in our hearts we know. Who teaches a cannibal? to bury the bones of its victim? Who teaches a young child to hide the the wrong and the things that they've done? It's their conscience. They know what they're doing is wrong. Who teaches the murderer to run and flee in the midst of everything? It's their conscience that does that. It's the conscience. And we're told that Jesus lights every person that comes into the world. So the problem is, is that we know what is right. We know what is wrong. We hold that truth but yet we continue to live in unrighteousness. That's why God's wrath is revealed to us. We hold the truth and yet we sin against it daily. We don't have to be. We can be an ex-sinner. We can repent and not be a sinner anymore. But we sin against God even more so, compounded as we know what the truth is and we don't repent and turn. And you may say, well, that seems a little bit uh, terrible. Well, God has given us a conscience for a reason. Conscience means with, science means knowledge. With knowledge, God has given us this inward knowledge that is joined together with him that we can know together. He's given us a conscience. And he says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. That's the conscience there. It's manifest in us. There's not one person throughout God's earth that does not have a conscience. Everybody does. Even the remotest tribes that are on the face of the earth, they have a conscience. They have some sort of a moral code and that's been given by the moral lawmaker. We can't just make up laws ourselves and do whatever we please. But God's given us a conscience because he's wanting to give us light. He's wanting to pull us out of darkness to himself. And what we do with that conscience, what we do with God seeking after us, bears the responsibility on us all the more. So it doesn't matter what news media tells you. 
It doesn't matter what supposed churches say that it's okay to live a sinful and wicked lifestyle. It matters what God says. I was out uh, preaching at one point. Actually, it was a friend of me at mine that was preaching. Out of, out of many different sins, he mentioned the sin of homosexuality. And some young man uh, ran across the street and was very angry and called him a hater. My friend said, no, I'm not a hater. He said, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And somebody that loves will tell the truth, even though it hurts. And he said, and your sin is no more special than anyone else's sin. You just happen to have this sin in your life where someone else may be an adulterer, a fornicator, a thief, uh, a murderer. There may be many different other things that happen in people's lives. And this is, this is what's going on. The invisible things of God from creation, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What does that mean? God, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. So God is preaching a message to everybody in this earth. As the sun rises and goes across the sky, it's like the sun is declaring the glory of God. Who made all this? We don't look at a building and, and just think, wow, what a wonderful accident. Isn't that an incredible accident? We look at a building, we say, who built this? But yet when we come to this earth, which is amazing in all of its intricacies, we say, what a happy accident. Take a bunch of trash, stick a bunch of trash inside of a garage and set off a bomb in there. And then after the smoke clears, you know, I don't think any of us will open it and expect a Mercedes or a Lamborghini. You would expect worse trouble after you blew up the bomb. And yet, science, supposed, tells us that this whole earth came from some happy explosion, that the ability to love, the ability to think, and consciousness, emotions, that all came from random choice. It's rubbish. It's rubbish, rather. It's, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. We can apply logic to every area of life, but yet when it comes to spiritual things, we want to make something else up. Why? Because we want to continue in our sin. We're not thankful for what God has done. We want to live our own life. And because of that, we've become vain or empty in our imaginations. And then our foolish heart is darkened. It gets worse and worse and worse. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And that's what God thinks of those that say there is no God. He says, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And we think we're wiser in these days. In the 21st century, we're wiser now. We've got all this extra knowledge. So we know that this stuff in the Bible, it's just nothing we need. People needed that before, but now we have science. No, we still need it. It's still the same today. And we can say that we're wise again and again and again and again. But God says that we have professed ourselves wise, and yet we have become fools. And that's not where he wants us to be, but that's the condition of the human heart. We can call ourselves wise, but we end up making ourselves fools in God's sight. If you move on to verse 23, it says, and he changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What is he talking about? Well, in this context, he was in a, in a pagan Roman world where there were statues to all different kinds of gods and people would bow down to something, a, a tree they chopped down. It says in the Bible, they took one half of it, they carved out a statue and bowed down to it and said it was their God. And the other half of it, they burnt into a, in a fire to keep themselves warm in the cold. 
and we bow down to a statue and say, this is my God. And we would think, well, in this Western world of America, none of us are that ridiculous. Well, I will say in the Catholic church, there's still some of this idol worship. We've got statues and little trinkets and things that we use to worship God or, or, you know, that's what we pretend at very least. But we would worship these statues and we bow down to these images and the Bible expressly declares that we should not do that. But then uh, we make these grotesque gods. You think of Hindu gods, birds, four-footed beasts and creeping things and disgusting uh, abhorrence of animals and humans mixed together as if this was supposed to be some deity, some God that we're to worship. And you would say, well, I don't have a statue, so this is crazy. Yes, but what is the fundamental motive of your life? What, what makes you tick? Why do you do what you do? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it just, just selfish gratification? What moves you? Whatever that is, that's what you worship and that's your idol. It's supposed to be that God's in the center of all things. But that's not always how it is. But that's what it's supposed to be. What's your idol? And he says, because they've changed the glory of God into something so corruptible. Some, some, whether it's a statue or whether it's some motive that's far less than God, he said that he gave us, God also gave them or us up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. What is he talking about? God's a perfect gentleman. So he is going to then not step on our toes, but if I choose to turn my back on God and do whatever I please, We're told God will give us up to the uncleanness and lust of our own heart because that's where I want to go. It's like a parent. We can instill values inside of our children. We hope they go the right way. But ultimately, when they become adults and they make their own decisions, can we really stop them? You could try and wrestle them down and tie them down, but you're not going to do anything for their heart. The moment that you would let them go, they'll go back to wherever is inside of their hearts. And that's where God is. He pleads with us. He shows us what is true and right. All creation speaks that there's a a powerful, magnificent God. And yet here we are making this mess. So God gave us up to uncleanness through the lust of our own hearts so that we can just dishonor our bodies between ourselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creator more than the creator who is blessed forever. And that's the thing. I don't like the truth of God because when the truth of God comes down in my heart, it makes me feel bad about my decisions, makes me feel bad about my lifestyle. I feel that conviction. I feel the condemnation that comes from God. And that is calculated like that on purpose, dear listener. God wants us to feel the conviction and the condemnation so that we flee to him and repent of our sins. But the problem is, is because our hearts are so darkened, instead, I'd rather believe a lie. I'd rather worship people. I'd rather worship this present world than to bow down and serve to this God because I love my sins too much. And that's, the, that's what's going on. And so he gives us up to it all. We've chosen it. God didn't choose us to be this way. God didn't choose for us to go and sin our lives away and just sink into deeper death, depths of darkness, corruption, and depravity. That's us. We've made those choices. For this cause, in verse 26, we read, God gave them up to vile, unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, 
burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. What is he talking about? God's given up people, us, up to vile affections. If we reject him and we want to believe a lie rather than the truth, he's given us up to vile affections. And he says these two things have happened. Women attracted to women, lesbians. Men attracted to men, homosexual, gay. Doing things that are wicked and vile in God's sight. Working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. What does that mean? Not only is there going to be a judgment day at the end for this vile and wicked lifestyle, but oftentimes diseases and all sorts of a host of other emotional issues and troubles and the disruption of society. Because if, if lesbians or, or, or gay couple men have children, then their children are watching this and it's against nature and it just ruins the fabric of society and makes more and more degradation and, and more depravity just falling on humanity. And it makes confusion throughout. We wonder why we have so many mental health problems and troubles going on. It's because we've turned our backs on God. Homosexuality is one way. Just want to tell you, dear listener, you may hear this and think, this sounds like hatred. It's not hatred. God loves us so intensely that he wants us to separate ourselves from all sin. This is just one type of sin. And if you are living a homosexual lifestyle, it is sin. It is wicked. If you have homosexual desires, it's sin. It's wickedness. Jesus died on the cross to free you from that. That is what he's done because it's against nature. And we can think about it even anatomically. Men with women, it fits right anatomically. Men with men, it doesn't. Women with women, it doesn't. You have to do very unnatural things in order to make that work. And he says he's given people up to vile affections and to change the natural use, which is against nature. You do not find homosexual tendencies in the animal kingdom. I'm sure that there's probably some study out there where somebody says, oh, actually, this, this, and this. Yeah, maybe there's some problem with, with some particular animal or, or something, but whatever, but it's against nature. The natural order is the, is the idea. It's against nature. And so we get not only a judgment that we have to face before God later in life, but oftentimes we face problems now, AIDS and, and STDs. Now that can be, you know, going between uh, male and female relationships, but it seems to be even worse in the homosexual community. So also stuff like this that we have going on in our society, transgenderism and, you know, non-binary, you know, we're, I'm not a male or a female, or if I'm a female, I can say that I'm a male because I feel more like it or vice versa. This is all confusion. This is all wickedness. It's all perversion from the devil himself. And if you're caught in that, I want you to hear the voice of Jesus Christ. He loves you so much that he died on the cross as a substitute for your sins and the wickedness that you're in to change you, to transform you. But if you want to hold on to your sins, that is your choice. And you will end up going to an eternal damnation in hell if you continue to hold on to your wicked sins. Our society needs to be revamped by the Spirit of God. And so we need to speak about these truths. And we speak these truths in love. I don't hate anyone who has a homosexual lifestyle. I hate the sin. I hate the corruption that's in it. And it's just like any other sin in life. And he lists a bunch of them. I hate adultery because it breaks up marriages. It causes emotional problems. It wrecks kids' lives. I hate divorce for the same reason. I hate stealing 
because you betray other people who may have worked hard for their own belongings. And now you go in and take things and violate their personal property. I hate murder, taking another person's life who's made in the image of God for whatever reason. I hate those things. They're wicked. It's wrong. Drunkenness, I hate it because it destroys not only the individual or drugs, it destroys an individual, but it destroys family. It destroys society. It makes a greater mess than just a single choice. So homosexuality is not special above and beyond any of the others, but I'm simply just dealing with what we read inside of this Bible verse here. And it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So as God continues to speak with us and woo us to himself, it says that God just left it in our hands because we don't want to retain God in our knowledge. We want to push him out because I want to do these wicked things before me. I want to sin my life away. I want to do whatever I want and nobody can tell me otherwise. And he said, because of that, he's given us over to a reprobate mind. That means a mind that's completely rejected, utterly rejected God and is so debased, it's almost turned into an animal the way we live. That is what God has done so that now we do things that are totally unrighteous, totally inconvenient as the King James puts it. It's not right. And it's because we are deprived of the spirit of God that we become so depraved and we just launch ourselves out into this wickedness and evil. That's why society is in the mess that it's in right now because we've rejected God. We've rejected that there's a creator. We want to explain existence without God. We want to try and fix humanity's ills as humans with our limited understanding, our limited knowledge and our selfish, wicked, corrupted being. And we're going to somehow fix all of this. That's not, that's not what God thinks about this. He gave us over to our own designs, to our own desires. And he stands back and he weeps. God weeps over this wickedness. We also were told in the beginning that his wrath is revealed against this because he sees how it's making a ravage over the things that he's created. It's ravaging all, destroying all. He said, given over to a reprobate mind, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, and fornication is sexual perversion in the whole. It's not just one particular kind. That would include adultery, but that would also include sexual, um, um, excuse me, homosexuality, pedophilia, All these things are wicked. It's very wicked and wrong. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. I'm not, I'm not, it's not enough for me to have my own things and work for them, but I see what somebody else has. And now I want their stuff. I want it for myself. And sometimes I will do what is wrong in order to obtain it. Maliciousness, where we just hate people so much we want to do them harm, whether it's with our words or whether it's with our hands. We hate it full of envy and murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters. We're living in a society of backbiters. You can say one thing to somebody's face, you turn around and you chew them apart and cut them up. This is not what God wants. This is not the way things are supposed to be. And even some of you listeners, you may be those people that say, I can't believe that person talks about so-and-so behind their back, but do you do it? Do you talk about somebody behind their back and cut them up with your words? I've met people that are like that. These people are such hypocrites and this, that, and the other, and they would like to tout themselves as good, but they are just as wrong in it. Don't be that person. But we're in this place because we reject God. We're rejecting God. Haters of God. Oh, if there's any day we have haters of God, it's now. More of our youth hate God. And it's because of this garbage that's being 
thrown and spewn into our universities. We're sending people there to be indoctrinated by all this trash. Despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, even going above and beyond what's normal evil. We're inventing more ways of evil. Disobedience to parents. You can't tell me what to do. I hate you, parents. Without understanding, covenant breakers can't keep a promise. Without natural affection, parents don't care about their kids anymore. Just let them go off and do whatever they want. Implacable, unmerciful. And here's the clincher. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in doing it. That is a terrible, terrible plight. So dear listener, where are you in this spectrum? Have you rejected God? Is the wrath of God abiding on you? If it is, the Bible way is to repent of your sins and wickedness. Turn your back on them. Burn all the bridges behind you. Don't give excuse for your sins, but hate your sins. Turn, all, turn away from it all and then put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to make the change inside of your heart, to convert you, to make you a born again person, a new person. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email gods.resistance at gmail.com. I'd like you to set up a time with me. We can go out to a coffee shop. We can meet anywhere so that I can help you in your journey with God. I want you to tell your friends about this broadcast and about our social media as well. You may be able to meet other people that will help you on your journey. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.